welcome to another episode of Adam for Baseball. I am your host, Adam, and I know I've let you down, I've let America down, and I mean mostly, I mean just a very small part of America, perhaps another country, I think we, I think we pulled up in Europe, um, okay, what I want to talk about today is we're going to get on to our next ep- our next uh, position, but I want to, we're probably going to be covering a few, we're probably going to go kind of like middle infield uh, is, is my plan, but first of all I wanted to talk about, um, I wanted to talk about the Brewers, um, I think that they're kind of important to talk about. You know, this is a team. What did they win? Was it 92 games they won last year? Let's see if I have that stat. Um, and they don't have. You know. Two really good pitchers. Like what they're looking at right now for, like their projected starting rotation. Their number one is Freddie Peralta. And then you got Wade Miley, Joe Ross, Colin Rea, D.L. Hall. That's not... um, I don't know. I don't... I think D.L. Hall could be one of those guys that you pick up and are really happy that you got. Uh, Young guy. Strikes out people. Uh, he came up last year and, and did some relief, and he was pretty good. Um, I think he pitched like an inning that year before. He's not from, um, you know, he's not from uh, from the uh, organization. He was, you know, part of the Corbin Burns trade. Um, so this is a guy... I mean, this is what Central Division teams do, right? They're looking to save money. Uh, Corbin Burns was going to cost them a lot of money. They end up getting Joey Ortiz and D.L. Hall. D.L. Hall has a lot of upside. Uh, he was a first overall pick in 2017. He's kind of ready to go. They, they plan on him being, I think, the five. So... He he did like some. They liked what they saw from him, even when he was going up against like, uh, um, you know, some of their their bigger bats. You know, because they have Reese Hoskins now there, and they still have Christian Yelich. Now they got Jackson Churio. This is a team that's projected, I think, to have a losing record or right around 500. I th- gosh, what were they? I had their record up. That's why I'm. So I'm upset with uh, with my not knowing their record from last year. Here we go. Um, 2023 regular season brew crew. Uh, anyway, you lose um, Woodruff and Burns. Of course, people are gonna yeah 92 and 70. Of course, it's gonna look different of course people are going to think that you're not going to be as good 
you know, I'm not, I'm not dumb, but, you know, Brandon Woodruff wasn't, I mean, he pitched 11 games last year, and when he was healthy, he was really good, but, you know, you take away those five wins he had as a starter, and you're still an 85-win team, or 87-win team, so Corbin Burns had 10 wins as a starter. I don't know how many games they won with him starting. Um, he had 14 non-decisions. So it's, it's let's say even you win half of I mean, I think this is manageable. I think that they're kind of, this organization has been pretty solid on how they've handled things for a while. And I think the big frustration with, this organization, I'm sure, for fans, is we had a we had one a number one and a number two and a number three that we couldn't keep healthy all at the same time. Like Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, um, and Brent Woodruff just couldn't stay healthy together. And I get it. Like that's that's frustrating. You know, um, I get it. I've watched. Minnesota teams in my life that have had a lot of talent that just were never even able to win in the first round. Vikings, Twins, for example. Um, so D.L. Hall is a guy that I have on my watch list. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's going to continue. This is where we're in the last day of February we know things are going to get a little wild as we go on here. Like for, for like later rounds where things shift. Right. And so if we go starting pitchers, we go Yahoo. Cause that's kind of what we go off of. And then we just kind of go ways here to where guys start, you know, deal hall. I don't know if he's even getting drafted. I would doubt he is. So if we look him up here, kind of see where he's going. Because he's still, I think, listed as a relief pitcher, right? He's competing for a rotation spot, right? So that's, I don't think it's technically, um, I don't think he's technically being drafted sometimes. Like, I, I don't think you can, can say say that he's actually going. I think some people take him. He is a for me personally. He's a because um, uh, even if he doesn't make the rotation, he'll probably be long relief. I think right now he's the twenty seventh reliever. He's going because I, I don't know. Did Yahoo not give him starting pitcher? This is where it gets tricky, right? You're sitting there looking for a guy and you're looking for a late pick, and you, but you see D.L. Hall and you see relief pitcher, and you're like, oh, well, I don't I don't want that. Yeah, he's still tagged as just a reliever right now. So I don't know when that would shift. Um, and then you know, like, Freddie's got to be the guy. Okay? We're looking at Freddie Peralta for being the guy. Um Joe Ross is a really interesting, 
you know, this is a guy that had been with Washington all of his career, and he's just one of those guys that would come up and spot start and never really get a lot of time. So I'm not sure what they're expecting out of Joe Ross. Um, he's the brother. I don't, I don't know if you remember Tyson Ross. That's, this is his brother. This is, I believe Joe's a bit younger. And this guy was a number one overall pick. Like He had the early on stuff. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily a strikeout guy. You're looking for hopefully a guy that can get 10 wins and you know 150 strikeouts and um, he hasn't I don't think he's pitched in the majors for three years um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks I remember this guy when he was at the Nationals but 30 years old and I'm, I'm just sitting here with a lot of questions myself but I love teams like this yeah because what I think Woodruff's still like Woodruff's just like out out for because he had oh he had his surgery just recently uh see I didn't really realize all the stuff going on with, with Woodruff I, I should have I assumed he was just not with the team anymore they just signed him on the 21st and then he had surgery so they're like hey you're our guy. We're going to sign you. So you are with a team. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Brandon Woodruff. I want to see how much they signed him for. Um, two year. 17.5 million backloaded deal. So he'll be paid 2.5 for this season and then 5 in 2025, but the bulk of the money is concentrated in a $10 million buyout on a mutual option, which is valued at $20 million. He receives full no-trade rights. Um, oh, I see. They opened up a spot for Gary Sanchez. Interesting. See, the Brewers, I just don't know. I, I, I hate... I hate giving up on a team like that. They're getting dismissed, and if we've talked about this division some, I I don't know how you really think that there's not opportunity here. I'm not saying the Brewers are going to be a 92 win team that they're be moving and shaking, but they they held on to Yelich. They picked up Reese Hoskins, who has something to prove. I don't know it. This is where I get like. This is my brain starts churning. I'm and I don't typically look at the Brewers. Uh, you know, um, I it's I don't know. I don't know. Reese Hoskins is only thirty. You know, two year deal, thirty four million. Um, they get a guy that can hit thirty home runs, and now he's coming to Milwaukee, where that should help him like that should be even better for him um i i would think um really nice pickup for the brewers honestly um i don't know i i just it's from a fantasy perspective i'm very interested in the in the brewers are you ready for this there's no park in the national league 
that uh, Reese Hoskins has hit better at than Miller Park. In 42 plate appearances, he has five home runs in 13 hits. Um, 790 slugging percentage. So there's a... Uh, I, I don't know. This is the stuff I kind of get get a little excited about, to be honest. I, I'm sitting there like, okay. Okay. You know, if you want to... I'm sorry. I just this is. I have a tough time formulating my <laughs> my thoughts even right now. Like I don't know. Anyway, let's uh, let's get back to it. We're gonna go uh, second base and shortstop. Um, I think we'll just start at second, and then we're gonna kind of we're gonna not spend a whole lot of time on second base um, it's it starts with a, a guy and this is this we had talked about this before and I know it's been a while since I, d- I did one of these but um, you got a guy like Mookie Betts who is technically the number one second baseman but he's second short and um, outfield eligible so this is a deal where where are you drafting him at I don't think you technically draft him for second base but you can um, I, I'm looking to probably typically draft him as an outfielder or a shortstop right to the more premium spots him as my my outfielder one, I feel very good. He's just been so good. Um, he, he's been a cornerstone for me. He's a guy, if I don't get Freddie in the past, I really like Mookie. Okay? They're just so reliable. And Mookie did have, like, what was it, two years ago? He kind of had a down season. And then last year, I think he did everything you could ever ask of a guy. He, you know, he went, he had, what, 307 average, 39 home runs, 107 RBIs, 14 stolen bases, 126 runs, 170 hits. It's just so phenomenal. And I'll be honest, if you watch him, he he could still... I'm trying to figure out if they're going to... With him, like, this is what is... Is this his third season in... Um, is this his third season in L.A.? No. No, because he had the COVID season in L.A. That's right. So this will be his fifth season in L.A. Holy smokes. Where does time go? I remember getting a rookie card of this guy back in the day. And now I... Oh, my goodness. Foofta doofta. I just can't even... I mean, the rate he's, he's on... This guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer, so he'll he'll cross the 1,500 hits threshold um, in the first month. So he'll. I mean, how long can he go? He's a natural athlete. 
don't know if you ever heard about this about him, but he is, um, he's a very good bowler, like very good bowler, like could be a professional bowler if he put his time into it. Is that good? Um, so yeah, Mookie is not a guy I'm looking to take at second base. He is the number one rated second baseman, but you're not really drafting him for that spot unless you really think, yeah, unless you have a game plan for your outfield outside of the first couple rounds, right? Because second base isn't where I look to put a high-talent guy, but maybe that's the strategy for you. Maybe you're like, I'm going to put talent at these spots where it's really tough to grab the elite talent. But I'm going to say some names here, the the two, three, four, five um, guys, okay? We're going to go by ADP. We're not going to go by, like, the rankings. We're going to go by where they're being drafted right now. So actually, let's go, yeah. So number two is Ozzy Albies. Number three, Marcus Semyon. Number four, Jose Altuve. And number five, Nico Horner. Now, I just want to kind of put a little caveat in here. Um, not even so much a caveat. Um, number six is Matt McClain, and he's technically ranked higher by like a spot. And... I just think Nico Horner, probably people see him on maybe a little bit better team. They liked what he was doing, um, <clears throat> kind of especially the end of last year. Nico didn't take a step forward in power. I know I'm kind of talking with the number five guy right away. He didn't take a step forward in power, but he got on base so much more. Um, and the team was just better. So, you know, he had nine home runs last year, 10 the year before. Uh, He's not a home run hitter, although I think he could be. He stole 42 bases last year. So that's the thing. A 10-40 guy's amazing. That's what he's doing. 10 home runs, 40 stolen bases. Scored 98 runs. Love to see him be a 100-run guy every year. That's kind of, I think, what people envision him as. And then you're, like, really content with him. If you can get 10 homers, 40 stolen bases, 100 runs... And he's hitting in that 280 range again. He had 68 RBIs last year. If he can get to 70, just kind of buff a little bit of that stuff, right? Maybe even just a little hit to the average to get that stuff up. To get the power to a point of like 15 home runs. Like that stuff makes a difference. 15 home runs, 75 RBIs, let's say. Walks even a little bit more. Or maybe just right around the same because he's swinging harder. I don't know. I'm not sure what they're wanting from him right now, but... The future is bright for this kid, and this team is very interesting. Very interesting. And I know that um, last time we had talked about Cody Bellinger. Um, everything was pointing um, everything was pointing uh, to him going to Arizona, I believe. And, um, you know, Scott Boris is his agent, and Scott Boris knows what he's doing. Uh, I've seen him navigate a lot of these situations. Um, yeah. Um, what was the deal? What was it? He got... 
What was the what was this the contract they gave him? Do you remember? Three year eighty million. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that like everything I was seeing was that he was gonna go to the Diamondbacks and then and maybe I misread that, but that's what I was seeing. And then he ended up back with the Cubs and it felt very Carlos Correa. Very Carlos Correa. And um, so do you have this kind of thing where, all right, I feel a lot better about taking Nico Horner. I like, feel a lot better about guys like Dansby Swanson. Like that Cubs team, I, I did not expect them to start competing again. Um. I thought that there was going to be a lot longer rebuild for them. And once they had that success back in the day with Chris Bryant and the gang, now we're seeing now we're seeing them really really try to just be in contention all the time because I think they're seeing I think they're seeing that it can be something like that because of um, the way the Central's going right now. They know that if they don't try to compete, the Pirates and the Reds probably will leave them in the dust. Uh, those teams are, are so flush with young talent. And even the Brewers. Brewers have like two guys that are like massive studs. Actually, three guys that come up. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Um... Yeah, the Cubs, what they got, um, what's his name? Shito, or Shota. Shota Imanaga, yeah. I know I'm kind of going a little off topic here, but... I was... <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming Cody's going to be center fielder. It just changes a lot of things. There was... I'm really glad I didn't make a move in my fantasy league based off of this Cody Bellinger signing. Like, it is really, really, really good that I didn't make that move. I'm just saying right now, the reason we were on that is because it boosts Nico Horner. It keeps, I think that's why he's edging out Matt McClain right now. Because in my mind, Matt McClain is probably the higher, like, higher possibility of a 2020 guy right you have a, a so you got to weigh this do you want 2020 or do you want 1040 you know what i'm saying that's uh, mclean honestly could be 30 20 he's he's maybe got it all and if that team can just take a step forward it could be a huge sophomore slump for that reds team i think that's what people are worried about right now but I'm, I, you're always seeing these guys in the mix of top 10. I mean, we got not even top 10, top 20 in a lot of the positions are Reds players. And Matt McClain is up higher than a lot of them in the second base slot. And then, but you're not taking that, him ahead of these top four. These top four are pretty concrete. Mookie Betts is your obvious number one. Ozzy Albies, Marcus Semyon, I think that's a lot more personal preference. Ozzy's the 
the the edge on how people rank him. But Marcus Semyon is on. I mean, both those guys are on arguably the best offenses tied with you know Mookie Betts. Probably you go Dodgers. I think I think the the what you're seeing there for stretches with the Rangers, there was no better um, offensive baseball. So last three seasons for Marcus Simeon. Let's just ru- run through these real quick, okay? This guy has been insane. I'm just gonna go last three. I'm gonna go post coat. Actually, you know what? We can go the 2019 season too, because these are all very similar at bats. So. 2019, uh, he batted, um, and he this is uh, his second to last year. This is his full, last full year with Oakland. The next year was COVID, and then he went to uh, Toronto. But his last last full year with Oakland was 162 games. That's when he had uh, 33 homers, 92 RBIs, 87 walks. By the way, um, 10 stolen bases, 285 average, 123 runs. 2021 with Toronto. He had 115 runs, uh, 162 games, by the way. Uh, 45 homers, 102 RBIs, um, 15 stolen bases, and he batted 265. Texas, his first year with them, he had 161 games, 101 runs scored, uh, 26 homers, 83 RBIs, uh, 25 stolen bases, 248 average. Now, I don't know if you remember that year, but everybody thought it was a huge bust. Like it was, he was coming out of that uh, into that season. I think it was right away. He was just unbelievably awful, and they're like, "Well, this is a huge bust for Texas." And Texas looked like they were just eating it on everything, and then he ended up waking up and still putting together a very nice season, but very obvious decline in numbers. And so people were pretty pretty bearish on him last year. I took him, and I had him and Seager in a lineup, or in a, on a team. Last year, 162 games, 122 runs scored, 29 RBIs, 100, or I'm sorry, 29 home runs, 100 RBIs. Uh, walks were up, 14 stolen bases, and batted 276. So he kind of went back back up to where he is uh obviously he's getting a little older um he's 33 um but this cal berkeley bear man i trust him he's so good uh yeah getting that ops back up over 800 in the second base position especially i love i love marcus Semyon. he's just so he's just such a fun hitter like he's so fun to watch now, Ozzy, I get it. Ozzy is a like a more powerful guy. He's got a little more pop, but I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily better than Marcus. I think it's because there's this there's this thing with Ozzy, where he's younger, and people think that like these next like five years are his peak years, but Ozzy hasn't. I don't know. He had that year where he got hurt, and it just scares me. You know, they managed him a little bit more last year. I think he had a little ding last year. He had to sit out for a bit. I mean, Ozzy is like somebody you feel good about if you get it second, right? Like, like, set it and forget it. He's one of those guys. 
But in all honesty, like, I, I don't know. It, it's, let me put it to you. Let me ask this question. Jose Altuve is the same age as Marcus Semyon. And if you remember last year, Jose uh, didn't have a full season, but when he came back, he was absolutely insane good. And in 90 games, he still had 76 runs, 17 home runs, 51 RBIs, um, 14 stolen bases, and batted uh, 311. You know, slugging percentage of 522. If he has a full season again, if you get back to, let's say, 140 games, why not wait and just take Jose? on a team like Jose is weird because I think it's easy to believe that he's older than he is he's um just because he's been playing for so long he he um he was so young when he came up and had success his second full his second year in the league he batted 341 and so and he wasn't hitting home runs yet right because he's still young and he's still just kind of growing uh, into his into his frame, I think. he's Yes, he's shorter, but he's still, like, a big, you know, strong dude. Like, he's, he's like, just, a, like, a little, little scat back, just low to the ground and just all muscle. Whatever you want to say about the Astros, I, I don't really care. We're talking about fantasy baseball here, and if he's a better option and you can take him later and take, you know, this is the this is a this is the thing you got to think about, right? Is guys like Albies and Semyon are getting taken in rounds. Well, they're like so their average draft position. Albies is twenty two, Semyon is twenty six. Okay, so that's in the you know third round, middle of the third round, early third round. Whereas Jose is getting taken 35th. So kind of like, you know, that's right at the end of the third. Depending on where guys are going, I like where Albies and Semyon are being taken, typically I want to take a starting pitcher. That's my first starting pitchers right there, personally. So this is kind of where, like, are you really taking a second baseman there? Only if your starting pitcher that you want early is gone, right? It's... This is one of those weird things because this is where Jose is almost a better pick, in my opinion. Um, I think, like, especially if you're just trying to go really heavy offense early and you feel you can get just value starters come rounds 5 through 10, that's where you're looking to take all your starters. And just those first four, five rounds, whatever, you're just like, I'm going... I'm going offense. I'm going hard at whoever best player available, right? I know people that do that and they win leagues. Like it's a thing that that you can do. There's people that win on auto pick, right? So um there's something to be said with that strategy. Now Mookie Betts, Ozzy Albies, Marcus Semyon, Jose Altuve, these guys are surefire things too. 
We're talking about really, really, really good players that are just steady. And the one, honestly, that's the scariest out of all of them is Ozzy Albies. Because Ozzy just has had, he, his, um, you know, he's had four seasons of like solid, solid offense. And that's just the least out of those four guys. That's, that's why it's not as concrete. Jose Marcus Mookie have a better track record. Now, Semyon, his monster seasons are hap, started to happen right where Ozzy Albies' monster seasons would have happened. Okay? Now, when he really started cooking, like his first big year, he had had, what is it? He, so, the old adage is 1,500 at-bats. And then a guy figures it out, right? It's the 1,500 at-bat mark. He had his 1,500 at-bats, and then he had his like first really full season outside of 2016. And he still, I think that was like a maybe like a gold glove season for him potentially. But it was that season before he really turned it on. The next season is when he went off, 2019. That's what got him paid eventually. Um and then that's when that 2019 season would have been when he was um, like 27. So that's right when uh, that's the age Ozzy is. Okay. Now Mookie Betts kind of has been good early on. So Mookie is kind of one of those guys. It's a little tough to sit there and compare uh, Mookie to, to guys. Same with Jose Altuve. Those are guys are very rare cases but yeah so after these top four then like I was saying you got Nico Horner and Matt McClain now we'll keep going a little further uh Sung Kim for the Padres Kleber Torres Ketel Marte Bryson Stott that's top 10 technically Spencer Steer I think falls earlier but Spencer is first second third and outfield eligible and Spencer, I think, is a bit more of a third base pick for a lot of people, or first base pick corner infielder. Um, I don't exactly know why, but that's kind of how that plays. He he could be a you know. I just think if you're thinking second base, I don't know. It's just something to think about, I guess. Um, so you have those guys. One of the better guys in there that. Like, if you're looking for power, is Gleyber Torres. And they added Juan Soto to that team. And Gleyber really looked good last year. He kind of had that, hey, I'm back to what you thought I was going to be early on. And I don't think he's going to hit 38 home runs like he did in that 2019 season. But that's what he kind of used to, he feasted on Baltimore back then. He was He would go to Camden Yards or Oriole Park, whatever you call it. And he just crushed there. And uh, last year, his, his average went back up. His on-base percentage went back up. Uh, it just looked better. You know, he scored more runs. I think that he's a really nice option. I'm not really a Yankee guy, you know, but he, here's a guy who's age 27 season. This guy truly could be a 30-20 guy. 
He had 13 stolen bases last year. If he was to ever really be more aggressive on the bases, I, I just don't think I can say that's who he's going to be. But he could be a 30-15, no problem. Now, it's such a weird deal. Sung Kim, he's third and short eligible as well. Ketel Marte, you know, this is a guy that's, you know, age 30, but he, he just seems like he's 38. But he just kind of is a consistent dude. Um, he had that power surge, kind of looked a little bit more like they thought he was going to be. He's, for me, he's too inconsistent. Part of that has to do with just, he always seems like he's maybe always nursing a bit of an injury because he's a very aggressive player, like in the field and stuff. Uh, I'm more interested in like Bryson Stott or getting out of the top 10. Me personally, I love Diamond in the Rough second baseman, and I think you got a guy, you don't have to go really that far to find a guy that's a 2020 guy, and I know he's unproven, but Zach Giloff for the A's is uh, a very obvious 2020 candidate. His ADP is 143. He's ranked 124 overall. Okay, so that means he's being, that means he's a value pick if you take him. He's not being drafted close to his uh, ranking, especially that that high of a ranking. That high, and if you're in the top 150, and there's 19 spots, you know, variation from your ranking to your average draft position. He's a bit of a high-value pick, and part of it is because he plays for the A's. I get it, but that didn't matter last year. 69 games, he had 72 hits. So over a hit a game, 40 runs scored, 14 home runs, 32 RBIs, 14 stolen bases, about a 267. I don't think, you know, you extrapolate that. That's He's going to play probably 140 games, so you just double those stats and you say he's going to be a 28-28 guy. You're like, well, come on, Adam. You don't can't say he's going to do that well in the other half, too. All right. Then how he's probably a 20-20 player. And he's getting drafted pretty late for that kind of talent. A very, to me, a very obvious pick. Okay. I just feel like it's a little silly not to, um, not to pursue him. Okay. Uh, Andres Jimenez um, is kind of a guy I have pegged for comeback player. And Andres didn't have a bad season last year. He just... You thought he'd take a step forward, but that was the Cleveland Guardians in general. They just didn't look right. And I think a lot of it had to do with Tito. You know, Terry Francona is a big deal in that organization. And he got so much out of that team that shouldn't have been. They were such an annoying team. You know, um, let's put it this way. It's very sad that he's now with the Guardians. And he was always on that opposing bench. But, you know, this is a guy that's from Aberdeen, South Dakota. I'm a Minnesota guy. And... No one has bad things to say about him. Our coach, Ron Gardner, former Twins coach, 
love Terry. A lot of respect for Morocco for the that for the guy Terry Francona. Same thing with Paul Mulder when he was coach. Terry Francona is like one of those guys. If you're a Twins fan, you respect him quite a bit. Okay, and a lot of the downtick last year was because I don't think Terry coached the whole season. I think they had an interim for a while because Terry's sick, you know. And I think it affected the players. I really think it affected the players. Now, despite all that, Andres Jimenez had 30 stolen bases last year and 15 home runs. So he went down in his power a little bit, went down in his average, but he still kind of had similar stuff. He still, like, he had more runs. So certain things went up. He just wasn't as consistent as the at the plate. But this is a guy... We know he can hit 20 home runs. If you watch Andres Jimenez play, like you know he can hit 20 home runs. The, these are guys I circle, and his rank is like 11th, I think, or 12th. And Andres is a very—he's what Cleveland always seems to get. He's just a pro, man. This guy is just a pro, and you'd love to have him on your team. He's a great real-life player. Does that translate to fantasy? I think it does when you're talking about 30 stolen bases last year and 15 home runs. And knowing that he could, like, he's 25 years old, you know he could hit 20 home runs. You know he could still get those 30 stolen bases. I don't know. I love, I love taking him if he even falls a little out of 125. That's where he's getting taken and. Part of it is some people don't even know what they're doing. They just take him because he's there, right? There's some leagues that people know what they're doing, and for some reason they're just like, I don't want guys from Cleveland. You can get Andres like after round 10 pretty easily. So I'm not saying wait on that, but if you're looking, if you have a little bit more of my strategy, take a second baseman either later or you take him right away like Mookie and, you know, um, Semyon. He's a re- he's really a guy that you look at and say I-, I need steals, and he's a guy that's gonna be a big part of helping me out with that throughout the season. Okay. Um, and I I always say look for steals in your third outfielder. Okay. Uh, as we keep going down the list, you see Luis Arise and Luis is first base eligible, but I technically like taking him as a second baseman. Uh, Tyro Estrada, who has shortstop eligibility. Uh, Nolan Gorman for the Cardinals, Tommy Edmond for the Cards. Then they have Eddie Julien, uh, Isak Paredes. And then one of my favorite guys, another guy that'll be on my list if I'm really waiting. I'm like, ah, someone took Jimenez. Ah, someone took, you know, uh, someone took uh, Gilaf early. Uh, I like. Jonathan India, I think part of the concern with Jonathan is he's 27 and he hasn't necessarily been like, you know, he's at least, he's had 150 games in his rookie year, 103, then 119. He's always kind of had like a third of the season where he's either injured or dealing with a nagging injury, Okay. Um, that's tough. That's tough. Like when you know this team is young, 
and he's 27, and it's not like he's old. He's only he has three seasons under his belt. But we haven't gotten to see a 550, 600 at bat season from him. Part of that has to do with the ball club. I think he should be a 2020 guy. That's what he should be, right? And he's a guy I like taking. And I want to give him another chance this year. I, I probably will in the league. Um, yeah, he's a, he's very interesting. Another guy is Eddie Julien. Eddie kind of was a guy that filled in for the Twins, kind of in that Luis Arise role. Another, but a big thing with Eddie, the big knock on him is he's just not very good defensively, but he works hard. So there were improvements that you saw with him. So he could end up being a little bit more of a DH. They could try him out in first. They could try him in second again. He could just be a little bit. We just need to get him in there because he's so good in that top of the lineup. You know, uh, 109 games last year. Uh, he had 60 runs, 16 home runs, and 64 walks. So you can see, and he batted 260, but a lot of like when he was normal, like he, he was because he got into like a mental funk, I think, because his fielding was such a bummer. He was like, he's a 280 hitter, 290 hitter, in my opinion. I know I'm a Twins fan, but that's what I was seeing. He's got such a good approach. If anything, he's getting on base because he had 60 runs and 338 at bats. That's very good. Very good. That's, I know that like he had 109 games in 60 runs, but 338 is getting close to, um, you know, a run per game if you could factor in five at bats per game, right? So, and not all games are like that, but he's he had he ha, he's a guy that figured out that that right field as a lefty he kind of he figured out how to lift the ball over there in the limestone and that's what the guy like Carlos Santana could will take advantage of because he always has when he's come to target field um Tommy Edmond was always I had like two years in a row where I took him that 2021-2022 season uh I didn't take him last year I he was supplanted by uh Brandon uh uh, Donovan or Brendan Donovan for me. Um, the St. Louis team is a bit of a conundrum. Uh, Tommy's great because he's three at position eligible, second short outfield. Uh, last year he actually just he was at the bottom of the lineup so much, so his runs went down, but he had a lot of the same trajectory. You know, still 27 stolen bases, 13 homers. Okay. He's that kind of player. He's had three straight seasons, staying fairly healthy. Last year was the least games he'd played in those three seasons, but a lot of the similar stats, but he's at the bottom of the lineup instead of the top. I'm not sure what the plan is with him. Um, I know that he's like, he had had last, at the end of last year, I think he had um, ended up having surgery. He had to get his wrist, wrist figured out. So, He's a little bit of a question mark, and it's strange to me that he's right up there with Nolan Gorman. Nolan just might be a guy that's going, um, you know, he's a bit more of a third base type of guy. But if he's second and third eligible, this guy, I mean, he hit 27 home runs last year in 119 games. You know, 
his average isn't very high, but this guy could be a 40 home run hitter because he's still a young man. He's 23 years old. Uh, he's kind of like a crazy power guy if you want to take him as a second baseman late because his ADP is 177. So, and there's opportunity on that St. Louis team. So I don't feel like he's going to be getting blocked by anybody. Now my boy Brendo Dono. Man, so sad. He was doing everything I wanted. He was exactly what I, I wanted him to be. He was one of the guys I felt like I was right about. Um, and then he got hurt. He had he got a dead arm last year. I don't know if you remember that. I think it started to happen when they went and they played in London. But he got a dead arm, and he ended up having having to have elbow surgery. But he had the same exact average as the year before. But but his homers were eleven compared to five, and he stole a little bit more, and he, you know everything was looking to be like just so much better like he would have been pushing like probably 17 home runs probably 10 steals he was batting 281 he would have been right around that 80 run mark 75 for really 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 a late pick and he is first second not field eligible he's what tommy Edmond was for me before with not as much speed but he's like a great value guy if he's healthy He's such a good utility guy to have. I just will not shut up about him. Um, let's look for some other value guys. It's second here. True second base. There's not a lot of them here. There's a high upside if you're looking for a guy like Jordan Westberg. This is a guy that um, I, I don't exactly know what's going to happen for him. I think he'll make the opening day roster. Uh, but it doesn't mean he's going to be a starter. Um, you get a guy like Bryce Terang, who kind of came out of nowhere early in the season last year, and he was he was he showed signs of being a lightning bolt, and he just wasn't able to kind of put it all together. Uh, you got another great value guy in Willie Castro, who's second, third, not field eligible. It really showed everything that he could do last year with the Minnesota Twins. 33 stolen bases, and the Twins just put him out there, and he was, you'll hear Rocco say it, you'll hear the players say it, he just can do everything, and he was, especially when they were dealing with injuries, like he was a guy you could really feel good about. Okay, here's my second baseman. He's third base eligible too, but he will more than likely be the, the second baseman for the Mariners. Um, one of my favorite players of all time. Um, it's very sad to me that he will not be in a Twins uniform this year, but Jorge Crazy Eyes Polanco will be suiting up for the Seattle Mariners, and I will be watching him play games with them. And he is kind of being overlooked. I know that, like, he wasn't healthy last year, right? But he's such a good player. He's like 22nd ranked second baseman. I really don't suggest sleeping on Jorge. He's 246 ADP, so that's he's going like after the 20th round. Please, 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 please do not sleep on Jorge. Okay. 
Um, so let's look at short stops here. Um, we're not going to go much past the tops here too much. This is this is a weird one. This is one I've kind of been just mulling over when I've had time. We're going to just right away name off the top 10, okay? And there's the, this is the, one of the highest skill positions when you're drafting. You have to have a really good shortstop. This is so much talent at shortstop, but you that means you need to differentiate yourself at shortstop or get a late guy that's going to be comparable to a top 15, okay? All right. This is this is wild because there's so much talent. Uh, technically, overall, the number one shortstop is Bobby Witt Jr. Mookie Betts is technically getting drafted higher, and he is shortstop eligible in Yahoo leagues. So technically, Mookie would go before Bobby Witt, and then, so those are your two like top, you know, first round shortstops technically after that it goes like this trey trick turner Corey seager francisco lindor gunner henderson ellie de la cruz Bo bichette cj abrams and then right with him is nico horner I felt like, I don't know if we went over this, but I was, I got in on C.J. Abrams, and he had a really nice year last year, and I think part of it is he's so young, he's 23, right, and like no one's going to stand in his way there, you know. He's going to probably, if he takes a step forward, he should have 600 at-bats this year. I mean, this is a guy who stole 47 bases. I know I'm starting off at the number 10, number 9, you know, shortstop, but my goodness. This guy, okay, let's just say last year. 245, 18 homers, 64 RBIs, 47 stolen bases, 83 runs, and 151 games. If he can stay healthy and take a step forward like everybody expects him to, he could be a top three shortstop. With those numbers, we're talking about... I don't really want to go too crazy here, but we're talking about like Acuna... Acuna early on numbers, right? Like, I'm not saying he's Ronald Acuna. I'm just saying, like, early on, that's kind of what, you know, you know, Ronald was, was doing, was he was kind of that right around 20, right around 25 home runs. And then, but I mean, until this last year, Ronald never had that many stolen bases, like, he hadn't even had over 40. And C.J. Abrams already has that. Okay. 
It's a weird thing to think about. I just this is a really tough top ten. This go, comes down to who do you want to who do you think is the best player in fantasy baseball? Is it Bobby Witt Jr.? Is it so? Let's just go all positions, right? So we go overall top ten rankings. This is for all positions now. This isn't short. This is all positions. Mixed league, so ALNL. The top ten players for for um, average draft position. Okay. One, Ronald Acuna. Two, Mookie Betts. Three, Bobby Witt Jr. Four, Kyle Tucker. Five, Corbin Carroll. Six, Julio Rodriguez. Seven, Freddie Freeman. Eight, Juan Soto. Nine, Aaron Judge. Ten, Spencer Strider. And I will say 11, and that is uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. And I believe Shohei Otani as a hitter is number 12. Okay, so we want to say 12 because first round, typically 12-team league, so your top 12 picks, right? Wherever you fall in that first round, right, it's typically random. We're not talking about keeper leagues right now. We're talking about a normal sign-up-for-Yahoo draft, um, you know, prize league. Get in there. Number one pick, are you taking Ronald Acuna? Are you taking Mookie Betts? Are you taking Bobby Witt Jr.? Those are the top three, technically. I'm assuming number one overall, you're not taking Kyle Tucker. Um, it's just really interesting. It's a very tough... I honestly... Okay. I don't take Ronald at one uh, because... I'm afraid of his health. Last year he had a full season, and I, in my mind, I'm just like, I don't think he can do it again full season. And I don't want to jinx him. He's the he's he's insane. He does everything you want for fantasy baseball, everything. The fact that they, the fact that he got to play 159 games last year is crazy. And part of it is Matt Olson. That, that offense was so good and it took a while for A-Rye to heat up. But I don't know. It's very, 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 very difficult to say. If you get Ronald Acuna Jr., congratulations. It's such... You're so excited. And you're just holding your breath all year. Really. Last year, I remember there was... Um, a game and he slid into second and he came up a little ginger and I got a I got a notification from it. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh no, here we go. And he ended up being fine. And he had like a little stretch where he wasn't great and he probably was playing through the injury. And I think that's a difference with him this year is I think or last year is I think that he's just stronger. I think that he's what, twenty six this year? So this is just a guy that I think has just gotten his routine down a lot better. <sighs> I'm just saying it's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I, if you get him, fantastic. If you have a shot at taking him, take him. 
But I take Mookie Betts or Bobby Witt Jr. Probably no questions asked one of those two. Uh, if I had my if I had to pick first overall, hmm. Like I'm in the league with Ruskin. If I had the number one pick, I'd probably take Mookie Betts. I probably do. He's just so like I want a safe top pick. I'm not looking to get crazy because the nice thing about Ronald is you just get that runs and steals taken care of better than any player if he's healthy. Just better than any player. And I think that's the allure. I think that's where you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. Um, and I don't know. It's I also just... Uh, if I have third pick, I'm hoping I get Bobby Witt Jr. then. I'm one of those guys I don't want. Um, I'd love my shortstop right there. So I think that's what it comes down to here. Let's go back to shortstop now. You know, Mookie Betts or Bobby Witt. I'd be happy though shortstop-wise if I'm like third pick and I can get Bobby Witt Jr., because Mookie Betts will probably go one or two. And I'm very happy then. It's it's like a, I'm like relieved. Also, my second pick, is, I don't have to wait as long. I don't want first pick. I don't want second pick. The earliest pick I want is third. And if I get Bobby Witt Jr., a guy who is a potential, you know, last year 30 home runs, 49 steals, 96 RBIs, 97 runs on a team that was awful, and they I was talked about this earlier. I'm going to shut up. In my very first episode of the season, I talked about how they there are tons of opportunities and they will be a better team this year. And he just signed a huge extension. Can he back it up? Can he deal with the pressure? I think he can. This is a guy who watched his father deal with that kind of stuff. And you know what? Last year was a... His step forward was just all the things you want to see. So the stuff he got better in resulted in the things he struggled with the year before, like with with uh, strikeouts and um, uh, not walking as much and stuff like that. It all shifted. And then he had more doubles in his first season, and that got translated to home runs in his second season. So all these things just got better. Like he just got better the right way instead of only like one stat or only um, steals and average or something. Everything was better and it was all through maturity. Like I get to watch him a lot because I'm an AL Central guy. Very, 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 very special player. Good for the Royals. Good for baseball. Good for the AL Central, honestly. So then let's just get out of Bobby Witt, Mookie Betts here. Because then we have Trey Turner is kind of the standalone three. And I think you feel good about that. He goes middle of the second round, early second round. Uh, You feel pretty good, right? So this is a situation where, like I said, if I have third pick and or second pick even... uh, no, that's not that's not probably the way I want to say that. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm trying to say. If you're like middle of the round, 
pick you get let's say uh, let's say you get eighth pick okay and you take I don't know who do you take eighth probably like I probably go an outfielder or something like that so like eighth pick I'll take um, no you know I'd, I'd take Freddie Freeman if he was there if he wasn't there I'd probably take Aaron Judge okay no, I, and I wouldn't take Juan Soto by the way I would take Judge over Soto personally um, then on my second pick, I'm hoping Trey Turner's there because then I have an outfield, a top tier, I have an elite outfielder and then I'd have an elite shortstop still in my opinion because Trey still does all the things you want to do and it took him a while to get rolling last year. So last year he batted 266, he had 26 homers, 30 steals, 76 RBIs, 102 runs and that was a bad season for him. There was a game where his mom booed him last year. He will be better this year. There's no... And remember, he was so good in the World Baseball Classic. And the thing I was worried about is that there's going to be some hangover from it. And guess what there was? And I don't know if it was necessarily from that. I think it's just playing in Philadelphia. He was playing in the nation's capital. And those fans, even though it's really close to Philly, honestly are a lot nicer than Philly fans. And he will be better this year, and Bryce is going to be healthy too to start the year. So Trey is a little bit of a steal. I think if you get him at 16, that's crazy. Trey Turner, in my opinion, is still a first-round pick. I'd be curious to see, see why you don't think he is. Because fantasy-wise, Trey Turner typically does everything you've ever wanted. Okay. Typically, this guy is a 20-30 guy with a lot of times over, well over a 300 average. You know what I mean? And he's scoring, you know, over 100 runs if he's healthy. So, he's taking care of four statistics for you actually he drives in runs too so he's t touching all five to me that's a first round player now am I taking him in the first round probably not but if he falls to me in the second I'm probably going for him okay after him it's uh, Corey Seager and then Francisco Lindor I had both those guys in separate leagues last year uh, Francisco really had he had a very Daryl Strawberry season um, and still like had kind of a monster year on a team that was so bad, so bad. So he's like, he's going outside of the second round this year. And last year on that bad team and is technically underperforming, he still batted 254 with 31 home runs, 30 stolen bases, 108 runs, 98 RBIs. He almost had the 30-30 with 100-run, 100 100-RBI 100 season, and the average was just down. Those are monster numbers. And a lot of that had to do with just how bad that team was, and I think the atmosphere. I just think everything was really bad. I expect Francisco Lindor to have a better year this year, just average-wise and consistency-wise. Not so much... He's going to hit more home runs and steal more bases. 
I actually expect him to have less home runs, but more runs driven and just better average. I, and I think higher runs because I think Pete Alonso is going to have a better year. I just think that team is going to be a little better. I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they're going to compete more. And I don't think they're just going to play as poorly, right? Some of those guys just looked lost last year. Uh, but I still am taking Corey Seager ahead of him. Uh, Corey got hurt last year. That was, if he doesn't get hurt, he is probably AL MVP in my opinion. He was crazy good. He was doing everything every night for me once he got healthy. The only thing he doesn't do is steal bases. So this is why he is outside of the first round. And in some cases, outside of the second round. And would be a right-away third-round pick, right? So uh, there's not a lot to say about These are guys are just so good. You just have to figure out where they belong for you. Now, because the next guy is technically... The one, two, three, four, five, he'd be the sixth pick, and that's Gunnar Henderson. I'm probably going Gunnar. Um, I took him last year, and he was terrible right away, and I'm sure my league was like, you dummy, why'd you take Gunnar Henderson? Ended up having a very good year. Uh, 28 home runs, 82 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, 100 runs scored, and 255 average. I still don't think it means that he's third round I think that he's a little bit more of a people think he's a 40 home run guy that hits over 100 RBIs easy I think they think that's what he is I get it I'm not willing to give him that kind of I have a hard time believing there's not going to be a little bit of hangover with the Orioles so at least right away okay um then after him is, oh boy, this is interesting. Ellie De La Cruz and then Bill Bichette. Uh, if you take Ellie De La Cruz, he could get 20 home runs and 70 stolen bases. Probably not a high average. Probably easily 100 runs. I don't know about RBIs. It's hard to say. He's just too many question marks. I like O'Neill Cruz better than Ellie De La Cruz because I think O'Neill Cruz is a little bit more mature. And Ellie got, or not Ellie, O'Neill got hurt. And, you know, it's a bad injury for O'Neill. But I know that he's not in this conversation of top 10 right now. But he's at a big discount this year for a guy that can do almost everything that you want from Ellie and maybe a little bit more well-rounded. Like, it's it's safer. And uh, O'Neal's like, I think, 12, right in there. Uh, 12, 11. And it's just that injury risk. I think people are really scared, and, and he didn't do things last year. And so people that maybe are newer or aren't watching a lot of baseball, maybe didn't see the year he had before and saw, like, what he's capable of. Um Obviously, he hasn't had a full season. That's that's where people are like, well, how, how is he not as risky as Ellie? I don't know. I, I, I feel good about O'Neal if he can really get in a full season because I feel like that P- Pirates team is more mature than the Reds team. That Reds team has maybe more talent, but man, I, I'm so scared to take Ellie De La Cruz. 
so afraid. He's one of those guys that if someone has success with him, I'm like, nice. And then if someone doesn't, I'm just like, oh, man. I mean, I didn't take him. Like, the only way I take him is if he falls. Like, falls a lot. And in a league, it like, falls outside of the fourth or something, which it won't happen. He's just too high octane. And I think people are willing to deal with the low average and the the immaturity of him. But he's so exciting. He's He's obviously just incredibly talented he's a freak but i'm a i'm afraid of him my baseball gut is afraid of him okay that's the only way i can explain it to you the next guy is a guy that i think is finally where he needs to be value wise and that's outside of the third round i think that you're talking about so people are high on on Ozzy Albies and they're high on these other guys at this age and this is a guy that keeps kind of trending out of that, but people still believe in him because I think this team is really sexy to people still, but they're finally getting frustrated with them. But that's good for people that want value. And Bo Bichette this year I think is finally a value pick. Whatever you want to believe about him, and however frustrated you've been with him, still know that he has hit had three straight seasons of 20 home runs. Let that be your... Uh, that, that's your baseline. And then he's had at least 30 doubles in each of those seasons, okay? And last year, he took a step up in average. Last year, I think he was just trying to get the bat on the ball. And he's like, I'm tired of trying to crank the ball over the fence. I'm a good hitter. And it's not like his average has ever been bad. So he takes care of two things for sure for you. He's getting at least 20 home runs, and he's hitting a high average. Okay? Those are two stats you care about. Last three seasons, he's continued to regress in RBIs. Part of that's just the team. Probably that's just where they're playing him. and But he's still, he went 102, 93, 73 for RBIs. That's still good. That's still good outside of the third round with 20 home runs and a 300 average baseline, let's just say. Now, runs is the part that's really weird, and that's just more team than him. And he, I guess he's not stealing bases anymore. Last year, he didn't steal any bases. He had five steals, and that's it. So it makes me wonder if he was dealing just with more nagging injury than we realized but he still hit 306 okay now he went 121 runs in 2021 then he went 91 then 69 runs last year that's it that's it that sounds like a Blue Jays problem not so much a Bo Bichette problem but you watch that team the thing that they've I've always had an issue with like him and Vladdy and the guys is they just play really really dumb baseball sometimes and they I've uh, they're one of the more I feel like whenever I take them in DraftKings they always stink and just make me so upset so upset um this is the year though like this is the age right um Bo Bichette can be a 500 slugging guy I think that means a 280 average Okay, I think he's got to sacrifice some of that average to get that slugging up. 
he still has been over 800 OPS the last three years. Whatever you want to believe, or and I, I've, I'm down on him, but it's usually because of how high he's taken. That's the that's the part that sucks. Like, I, I understand like he's been good in the past, but he's not. He's never been, in my opinion, where where he gets drafted. I just get frustrated. This is the year, though, where I feel like finally, finally, finally. Uh, you know, I could get him maybe late fourth, and and really, 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 really be happy about it with my shortstop. And now this is I want to say this: if you take Bo Bichette, let's say middle of the fourth round, you better have taken a starting pitcher early. That's like the way I think about it. Okay, if you took Bo Bichette. At let's say 39th, you take a middle of fourth. Your third round better have been like um, Pablo Lopez or um, uh, Kevin Gausman. Um, who else would be up there? Probably Luis Castillo, someone like that. That better be who you took before Bichette. If you didn't take a starter before him, then I'm like, what were you doing in those first picks? What did you do? You went, what, Kyle Tucker? You went Jose Ramirez? You went, um, you know, probably one of those guys who go Vlad Jr. and then Bo Bichette? Is that what you did? Because if you did that, then I'm a little mad at you. You're like, oh, I went all offense. If you're going all offense, that's not how you want to start it. And I know that I just threw together four guys that would have fallen in those ranges. But still, like, I feel like that's a recipe for a fourth place team. You're like, well, fourth is still good. Tell me how much money you won in that fourth place. I don't care. I, I care zero about fourth place when we're talking about building a team from scratch. It'd be different if it was Dynasty or Keeper or something like that. You have to to have a better game plan and and I know I don't know how to verbalize it right now I'd have to show it with numbers but Bo Bichette fourth round with no starting pitcher before him is a bad decision because shortstop is a premier position so if you're going all offense early that means your shortstop needs to be first or second round pick okay in my opinion. This is my opinion. But that's what I believe. Okay. You need to have Bobby Witt Jr., Mookie Betts, or Trey Turner on your team. If. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to go all offense early. One of those guys needs to be on your team in my opinion. Or. You're like maybe Corey Seager counts towards that. Because that would mean if you had Seager and he's going 24th, that means you had the first overall pick. So let's say you took Ronald Acuna, then you took Corey Seager. That means you have the immediate pick, um, you know, you have first pick in the third round then, right? So that would be pick 25, and that's like Pete Alonzo. I don't think I want Pete Alonzo for my third pick with that recipe. 
that's that's a we so it also matters where you draft like you know what i mean so right there if i have 25th pick i'm probably more interested in marcus samian more interested in zach wheeler but if you're going all offense you look at a different it's it's a really tricky so just have that in mind have that in mind and i know that there's no way in major league baseball that i'm going to be right about everything right i'm gonna be wrong and just just know that and know that you're gonna be wrong but guess what you're gonna be right about things where i'm wrong we might both be wrong on the same thing we might both be right on the same thing but just know that there if anything i can tell you that there are consequences for how you do these first four rounds first five rounds it's really important picks you can just follow the leader and take the next best that's fine too but typically you want uh you want to be careful where you're taking certain positions in those early rounds okay <clears throat> real quick let's look at some late picks um outside of top 10 you know what i'm going to go back to the two guys that i've talked about in the past um and that is uh they're just a great case study um dansby swanson carlos correa uh, Dansby's kind of right where he was last year. Um, bet at 244, 22 home runs, 81 runs scored, 81, 80 runs driven in, only nine stolen bases. He was, um, it's annoying. You see a thing, someone say that he took a step back that everybody expected, but <clears throat> I don't know if they mean that he played above his, you know, his station in that big year he had with the Braves. I don't know if he, I don't know if it was one of those deals where he just, that's a, that's a tricky one, but this team is really, really kind of right back where they were. And if they can kind of pick up where they left off now with Cody Bellinger back, da, 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 you got, I think Dansby takes a step forward. I think the average comes up a little bit. I just think he's a little bit better. Now, a guy that's... I don't know. it. It's different now. Um, it's classic Padres. They just do this. But whatever you want to believe, Xander Bogart still had kind of a nice year. And part of it just was to do with a bad team... He's he's. It sounds like he'll get second base eligibility, but right now he's just short. So we gotta just talk about him as a shortstop. Um, because he's supposed to play second, and Hassan Kim will be the shortstop. <clears throat> he was a home run and one stolen base away from a 2020 season with a 285 average. There's put like where he's going, like 94 right that's what that's your uh eighth eighth roundish right in there that's uh seventh eighth round probably maybe even 10th round like you're pretty happy with a guy that could be 2020 with a 280 average like i feel pretty good about that but then the other guy carlos correa carlos is going real late and part of that just has to do with carlos 
it was kind of a lot of people were like, uh-huh, yep, there it is. There's what we expected. There's the regression. There's the the injury. There's the guy who can't stay healthy, and that's what it was last year. Plantar fasciitis has ruined careers. I talked about it before. I talked about it when I was talking about the Twins. He says he's healthy. He says he feels good. He's got ways to manage it. They had to cut it last year, that tendon. Like, it's just crazy. He, um, you know, despite how, how much grief he got for the 2022 season, he still, in 2022, he still batted 291 with 22 homers and 64 RBIs, 70 runs. Not a bad year, but not great. It's still like solid baseline stuff. Last year he had more doubles, which is kind of weird. He had more RBIs too and less at-bats. He had, but that offense was better. Okay. So if they can kind of take another step forward, I feel good about Carlos. I, I think he's a good late pick. He's a good depth pick. I'm not looking to take him as my starting shortstop. Um that's that's one of those those tricky ones um yeah there's guys like ezekiel tovar ezekiel tovar is a very interesting guy he went 253 average last year 15 home runs 11 stolen bases 79 runs 73 rbis okay this is one of those exercises where you go what does that mean for this year? He's 22 years old, and he really is a talented guy, and we thought he was going to be something, and he was tickling the 700 OPS. Very close. Take a step forward with me. Take a step forward with me. Let's not go crazy. But this year, he very well could be, let's just give him the same average. We'll go 255, just two points higher. Now let's give him 15 stolen bases, 80 RBIs, 20 home runs, 85 runs scored, a little bit less doubles, probably let's go 33, and he strikes out less. He had 166 strikeouts, that's tough. And those stolen bases could easily be 20. He's figuring out big leagues. Excuse me. He's figured out the big leagues on a team where he has nothing to lose. That is just what the situation is with the Rockies right now. He gets to play, and he's young. Had a nice year. We don't have something to compare it to, really, like we would do with Bobby Witt. But if he can take that kind of those kind of steps, get better at just the game of baseball that he's already good at and did good things in a stadium where, you know what, let's just say it. Maybe he has a little, he's in a a field that has a better park factor than other fields. So let's take advantage of that in fantasy. Could be a 2020 guy. Could be. But he's got to be better at the play. He's got to be more disciplined. Can he do that? I don't know. But he's a guy to keep an eye on. Very much. Very much a guy to keep an eye on. He's going late enough where he's, you know, he's 203 average pick. Um, 
Now here's a guy. Here's a guy that I don't know. Vaughn Grissom is with the Boston Red Sox. And I think that's a very interesting situation. I think the Red Sox are great. They're they're kind of that bounce back uh offense this year. Um I think a lot of people are gonna look to tackle a lot of their uh young players. Uh I think he's worth looking at. I, there's nothing more to say than that, although he has a hammy injury early on. Uh, Zach Nito for the Angels. Uh, had kind of a pretty good season last year. The average needs to come up. He needs to strike out less. But he got hit by the pitch 16 times last year. It's not good for a young player to get hit that much, but that's pretty wild. He's kind of a prospect to keep an eye on. I think there's dudes that are really high on him. I'll tell you what, I'm high on a lot of Angels players this year, and you want to know why? Because they got one of my favorite guys to manage their team this year, and that's Mr. Ron Washington. I think I talked about this before, but Ron Washington's no joke, and he's a fun guy, and he had a, a setback a few years ago, you know, several years ago now. But this guy coached the Rangers when they were freaking hot back in the day, man. And then he made a bad decision, and he worked his way back with assistant coaching jobs and then really found his stride with that Atlanta Braves team, and now he got a head coaching job again, and he's one of the most loved guys in the league. And uh, I just think it's, a, it's foolish to sleep on him. Uh, another guy that, if you're willing to take a risk, I'd love to see him healthy and back to what he can do in Fenway Park, and that's Trevor Story. Trev's still, like, 215, so you have some decisions to make there. Like, guys are going to be sitting up there. Uh, you got a guy like J.P. Crawford, one of my personal favorites. He took a big step forward in power and production and even runs scored. Like, if he can hit 20 home runs this year and score 100 runs, like, that's kind of wild. I don't know if he can, but we'll see. Um, Luis Renjifo, he's a great utility guy late late on. Second, third, short, and outfield eligible. That's an amazing guy to have. And then here's the last guy I'm going to talk about, because otherwise I, I, I this has gone long, but I owed you a long one. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. $5 million. And I've watched him his whole career. And he's still a young man. And part of that, he was with a team that really imploded as a team. Not, It's so easy to pick on Tim Anderson. This guy was one of the faces of Major League Baseball. And he fell off. And it was tough to watch that. He, we all know he's better than what he was last year. A lot of what he was last year is because of that team and because of what was happening in that clubhouse. Uh, he's with a new team. One-year deal, $5 million. He, People are going to take what he did last year and immediately apply it to this year. Is that the right thing to do? No, it's not. Watch him this spring. Figure it out for yourself. Tim Anderson's a guy where just watch him. Does he look right? Does the sound off the bat sound? Is it good? 
they're starting him high in the lineup. They want these high leverage reps, even if it's spring training, they want him in there. They're giving him the opportunity. I don't know. I've seen him play, and he's very good. A lot of us have just... It's so easy to give up on guys. He's going 356th overall right now. There is opportunity. Take him if he's there. If you want. If you need depth. If you want to gamble. Because he's a guy you could just immediately drop if he's struggling right away. You're just like, oh, he look, he's done. Then drop him. Pick up someone else that's on your watch list. That's fine. But late on, like a late pick, why are you not taking him as a flyer? I just... A lot of talent there. He's still young enough to where he can still play, but hopefully it's not a head thing. Hopefully it's not a mental thing. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with me. I know it's a long one, but uh, I owed you one. And I'll try to have another one out soon too, uh, to kind of just get caught up on positions. All right, thanks. Bye.